Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of near total shutdown of a live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and every day now I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies, coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me today on Psychomedy Daily Dose, it's Lynn Ruth Miller. Lynn, hello. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for having me. It's dear of you to think of me. Oh, it's a great, great pleasure to have you on. It is the 50th daily episode, so it's a big moment. So it's a particular thrill to have you on the 50th episode of uh, Psychomedy Daily Dose. Well, happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Forget about the anniversary of the VE Day. This is the this is the real anniversary here today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember VE Day. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna post- ask you that. I mean, my goodness, you yeah, you were what, twelve, thirteen then, were you? Forty five. So you were I was twelve. Twelve, yeah. And I remember the kiss. Do you remember the sailor, the, the sailor that was kissing the girl? And the, yeah, and oh my goodness. I remember what a shock and what a thing that was, yeah. We yeah. were very prudish. We were very prudish in 1945. Yeah, yeah. my goodness. I mean, my, my memory is terrible of being like 10, 11, but do you have great, you know, do you have really good memories of the, you know, being that age and of the day I in particular? I remember, I, my memory, I've always said my memory is terrible, mm. but actually what happens is you have a, you know, I'm 86, you have a full file cabinet and you can't always pull things up right away, but they're there and you find them. I remember, I remember things that happened when I was two. I oh, can wow. remember things, yes. And you also, every person has images they will never, ever forget. Images yes. throughout your life that they yeah. will never, ever forget. And they're just you just remember them and they bring up a whole slew of memories. I was in America. I was in America. It was absolutely immense. Mm. It was immense. I was 12 and I can remember how we, we, all we could, and remember for America, we snapped back a lot faster than Britain because we weren't bombed. Uh, Our rationing ended almost immediately. Um, and we began, uh, and the war for America was extreme. This is horrible to say. Very, very profitable. My father okay. became a millionaire. Oh wow! My father went from lower, from lower class, to lower, lower upper. Mm. What did he do? What did he do? He was an accountant, and right. he was also very honorable. So, if anybody, my uncles were not. I mean, the one dealt in black market tires and the other one was selling uh, 
selling black market drugs to uh, the mafia or whatever it is. But my father was very, very honorable. But he, and he, so he made his money very honestly. Uh, and, and, uh, but he made a lot, a lot of money. And we bought a house. Um, we bought a house before, before the war was over because I was at Forty Burkhead Place when the war, I can still remember uh, coming mm. outside and, and how my neighbor was just so thrilled. And we, we were, we became very, people became very wealthy. We almost eliminate, we created a giant middle class because of the war. Yeah. And, and it changed everything. I mean, but the, the, the war was a bonanza for us, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Just heartbreaking that these young men died. Yeah. That a bunch of people could become millionaires. Yeah. My goodness. You, you, it's the, the unfairness that, and, and it's very similar now, if you are aware that an awful lot of people have made a lot of money from this coronavirus thing. Oh, of course. As they did in the, as they did in the financial crisis of 2008. Yeah. People do make money. Yeah. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. we're, Yeah. We're using people's human lives and now we're forced to make a decision. Um, about do we sacrifice lives or do we sacrifice the economy and yeah. they're talking over and over and it's tearing me up about the psychological the psychological repercussions of this lockdown and it's huge yes indeed i i read you uh talking about that with john fleming on his on his blog yes. i mean i mean where where do you stand on it boris johnson's going to announce uh, maybe some easing of the lockdown what, what's your feelings about it i'm feeling that we need to ease it a great deal i yeah. because remember i lived through the asian flu i mm. lived through the type uh, the the uh, tuberculosis epidemic yeah um uh scarlet fever yeah. uh and what we did and we didn't have tracking and we didn't have when you got it you isolated. For example, when I was teaching yeah. school, I got scarlet fever. And I was, they came and they put a big sign on the door and I was isolated for two weeks. Yeah. That's how I, I think you need to do it. You cannot keep these people trapped in their homes. Yeah. One of the things that disturbs me, domestic abuse. Yeah. And I think it's happening to men as well as women. And I, I get very angry when they say it's just women. Of but when you're, I have been abused, I know what it's like. And if yeah. you're locked in a house with your abuser, there yeah. is no way you can get to a phone and you can get to, there's no, all these middle-class women all safe and, and happy and well-fed are saying, well, we've given them a phone number. There is mm. no way you can get out from yeah. under that guy that's beating the crap out of you or that woman that's throwing things at you. There's no way yeah. we've locked them in. Yeah. It's, I don't know whether you read or you saw the film Room, Room? No, I didn't she's know. she's locked in a room? No, I It's didn't that. Know. There's right, no yeah. way. No, of course, of course, yeah. They yeah. can get out. And in this particular neighborhood that I'm in, which is a Hasidic neighborhood, mm. where women are second class yeah. citizens, men are in charge, they don't have a hope in hell mm. of, of, of getting any help. The only way they can get help is if they can get out of the house yeah and then something has to be open yeah yeah so how do you feel personally about what it, what you're being asked to do i mean you mentioned just before we started recording that you think you've had 
COVID, but I guess you're still yes, being... I, I had a very... And I never... I'm loving how they're increasing the symptoms. Five new symptoms. Pretty soon <laughs> it's going to be if you're breathing, you had it. Uh, now, now it's COVID toes. If you've got inflamed toes... <laughs> oh, no, you've got COVID toes. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, you've got COVID toes. Don't wear your sandals. <laughs> Everyone will know. I, but um, uh, but you, do you feel then you won... I had your no idea I had it. Do you know that I infected everybody? Right. No idea. Now they've added some of the symptoms I had. But oh, I would have... God, the last thing in the world I want to do is, is infect people. And I was at the Vault Festival, and I had it then. Oh, goodness. Uh, because oh. I had difficulty breathing. Right. Really bad difficulty breathing. At the end of, um, uh, at the end of, of, of February. Yeah. And then the beginning of March, I started to have really terrible stomach problems. Right. And I thought it was because I was taking too much magnesium. And I thought that the breathing problems was because I smoked until I was 48. And I very often people my age simply accept this is the product of age. And for all of you over 70 who are listening, no, it isn't. I've gotten rid of every one of the symptoms that my GP said it was because I was old. I've gotten rid of every one of them. Yeah. Uh, so it isn't. But it's, it's a, you think it. And you think, oh, well, my lungs are crappy. I I I smoked until I was 48. This is what you get. And so um, my GP, I went to the GP and she gave me an inhaler, which I haven't touched in a week and a half because I don't need it anymore. And then after that, the thing that tipped me off was absolute utter fatigue. Um, mm. I'm, if you remember me, I'm, I'm like a, a firecracker. I don't get tired. <laughs> I throw myself in bed at about 2.30, and I read until 3 in an effort to calm down everything. <laughs> and then I sleep. I do not get tired. And during these two weeks, I was exhausted. Yeah. I could, and then I couldn't taste and smell. Okay, yeah. And, sounds like, and sounds like I couldn't it, eat. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to bed, I remember, three nights in a row without eating. And mm. then I saw it on, on, on the symptoms that that was yeah. a symptom. Yeah, and that was when I re and then I looked back and I realized for three weeks I'd had it. Yeah, and, and you were infecting London. With I was infecting um, London. Well, no, <laughs> I was in from March thirteenth. I was in. Yeah. Okay. But so I, I mean, yeah. Since since then, have you been? You know, I was reading the John Fleming blog, blog, you know, you've been obeying the lockdown, but is it fair to say you've been obeying it reluctantly and depending what uh, Boris Johnson I, says I tomorrow it. night? Are you ready to? Are you ready to break free? Are you? Um, what are you going to do tomorrow night? Walk. I yeah. go out for walks. Yeah. I believe that when you're my age, the, the risk of not being able, not moving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Realize what happens when you're older. You, they say, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Yeah. I would not be able to walk if yeah, I yeah. didn't force myself to walk. By the end of the day, I can feel that my joints are messed up. <laughs> and oh, if yeah. I don't keep walking... So I walk for exercise and I, and I, I and actually I'm really, I'm feeling very healthy yeah. because I'm not eating out of the restaurant. Yeah, so I'm yeah. eating very healthy food and yeah. I'm not drinking as much because drinking is a social activity with me. So I don't drink at home. However, the drinking has increased. Mm. There's a man I know that has um, a wine shop in St. Albans 
and he said he can't keep up with the with the um, <laughs> the orders. And you yeah. know, he's the one making money, just like your dad in the war. <laughs> yes, <laughs> your dad making, in the, making it, he's, he's a millionaire. Also, I I want to also talk about the cycle. What's what's I've been I complain that keeping people over seventy is ageist, but the truth is, even if they let me out, oh. I don't have the venues that feed me. Comedy yeah. for me and for many other comedians of all ages has yeah. been a safe way of communicating and connecting with others. Yeah. Relationships are very difficult and relationships make you vulnerable. When yeah. you do comedy, you're not vulnerable in the same way. You're vulnerable. If they don't laugh, you've died. <laughs> but you're not in the same way and you can walk away from it. And for people who are basically loners, and it's hard for people to believe who know me, who go running, I mean, I go around ripping off my clothes and talking dirty to young people. <laughs> I am a loner. I, I yeah. write and I paint pictures. I'm a loner. But I heard you on, a, on another podcast saying you don't, you, don't, uh, you don't feel, you haven't felt lonely in the past, but in, the, in these last Never. month or two, have you felt, have you been feeling no, more lonely than no. ever because of the lockdown and the but lack you of know comedy? What I have felt. I've felt, it's called skin hunger. I've, I've, I didn't realize Need a cuddle. how much I love. When I go out, because I'm a cute little old lady, everybody hugs and kisses me, and I love <laughs> it, because I have no relationship, and I do not have a dog. Yeah. When I had my dogs, I did not notice this as much. I lived alone. I've yeah. lived alone since I was 25. Yeah. But I, with nobody else in the house, but I, and I have had no relationships. None. Right. So it just doesn't happen. And you've so, talked about you've talked about not feeling lonely, but uh, it, but it take you it take it take you harder, has it, over the last couple of months, not being able to have a cuddle from people. What has way? been hard? Yeah, is not touching. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that sounds like oh my god, I run out and I I I touch people. You're like the <laughs> no, but absolutely, a cuddle a cuddle is so important. And uh, I mean, I'm depending, much, I'm very much a hugger. Yeah. I very much touch. Yeah. I touch. I touch. Yeah, it's great. Own. It's I... great. Well, will you be will you be back to that? Kind of if Boris Johnson says, I mean, he may say something like you can see five or ten people. If somebody offers you a cuddle, will you be accepting oh, it? Will I, you be I would it? know. I'm well, of course since I've had it. I'm not the yeah. least afraid. But like yeah, yeah. Rob Mayhew, Rob Mayhew, because I've already infected him and <laughs> I've already gave it to him. If he was gonna get it, he would have gotten it. Okay. He was with me the day that, that uh, the last day that I was with people. Right. And he will come upstairs and bring me, he brings me flowers and chocolate, which is oh, the most great. in the world. And yeah. it, it takes a giant effort for me not to hug him. Right. Uh, because I mean, he's being very good about keeping distance. So why, I, why, why haven't you been, why don't you hug him? Because he doesn't want to hug you or the other way around? Or? He, he, he keeps distance. Okay. He, I he, don't he, get uh, those of us who are loners get messages. We get um, uh, nonverbal messages. Yeah. Would be very upset if I hugged him. Sure. Um, I would like to. I would like to because that's, that has fed me. Comedy has, has changed me radically. Radically. And yeah. for the good. And it's... Um, I, I, for people who are basically... It's solipsistic. Do you understand what I mean by that? They're self-involved. Yeah. I'm the center of my world. And believe me, 
if I weren't, I would never have been able to do the things I've done uh. because I've fought against everything. But because to me, I'm the most important person in the world, <laughs> I think I can. Because you've got to have that basic sense inside you that, that you can do anything, uh, yeah. which is ridiculous. I can't. I'm four foot ten and I have the strength of a flea. <laughs> I can't do, I can't open a bottle. Um, I, I can't, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I've got this hubris that thinks if I want to do something, I can do it. I am finding out there are many things I can't. But uh, uh, comedy opened up, comedy got me out with people and yeah. enlarged my horizons so that yeah. now I'm very aware of, for example, with this lockdown, I am extremely aware of what the government is facing. When you make a rule, when you make a rule, you can't say, you can't say, you can't use a qualifier. A qualifier means, you know, like saying, I'm almost pregnant, you're pregnant. You've <laughs> got to make a rule. So over 70 makes sense because a great number of people over 70 have compromised immune systems. But what they need to say is anyone with a compromised immune system because people like me, I'm perfectly capable of going out. I'm perfectly capable of, of, of shopping, and especially now that I've had it, but yeah. I'm perfectly capable of keeping an active life. And there are millions of us mm. over 70, of course, I'm 86, so that's pushing it, but over time that are, that can jog and that can walk and that can run. Yeah. There are millions, but there are also billions that cannot. Mm. So I get where the government is coming from. However, I keep remembering the Asian flu, which was in the 50s, wasn't it? And that was, we, we knew if you had it, you stayed home, but mm. otherwise you did not. Yeah. And I think that's the way it's gotta be. And these people that are saying you're sacrificing lives, they're wrong because if you're gonna get it, you're gonna get it. You're, if your immune system can't fight it, the virus is, is everywhere. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. friend uh, Bell said to me, and she's very vulnerable and has not gotten it. She said, we've all been exposed to it. She's right. We've all been exposed to it. It's yeah. been around since the end of February. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that touched a doorknob, they've been exposed to it. Their immune systems yeah. are what are keeping it mild or making it horrible. And yeah. when I read about what's happening, to the people that have it badly, and you're telling me you know someone that's had it badly. Yeah, I've known a few people that have, uh, yeah, had it, had it badly. So yeah, the anybody on oxygen? Yeah, uh, the comedian Callie Beaton uh, talked on the podcast about having it for 30 days and had to have a bit of oxygen at uh, home. Didn't have to go into hospital, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it can it's vary so so wildly. It, it's the ventilator that scares me. Yeah, I of course. Not go on it. Of course. Because the most important thing, people in the medical profession say yes. We have to preserve life. Ta-ta. It's the quality of life. There is a man named Ezekiel Emmanuel that wrote a thesis, had a B 10 years ago, who mm. said, when I'm 75, I'm killing myself. <laughs> because after, because he's a doctor. Because after that, everything diminishes. And he's quite right. Your body changes. <laughs> it still operates, but boy, believe me, Nathan, not in the same way. <laughs> well, uh, it, it doesn't. And, and um, I 
And I'm saying to him, he's a fool. Because I am telling you, you know, I make this as a joke, but it's not a joke. This is the best year of my life. I've never had a year as wonderful as this. And last year was the best. Yeah. Since I started doing comedy, every yeah. year has gotten better and better. And I look back and think, God, how did I live through all that shit? Because I've got this. Yeah. Every, well, that's, and that's I started fun. when I was 70. Indeed, indeed. So, so you, t I mean, comedy can obviously... Is a you know often a thankless and very stressful job and can lead to psychological problems. But, but here, it, here we recognise it leads to it leads to such a void when it's not there for us comedians then, uh, for our psychology. Think doesn't how it? stressful. Think how stressful it is to live alone with no family to support you, yep, no yeah. relationship, and no money, yep. and and dreams you want to make happen. Think how stressful that is. Yeah. And how alone you are then. Now. So that's what you're going through now. Darling, when I go, no, because I'm talking online to people. I am not the least bit lonely. I'm so busy. I don't, I'm scheduling calls every half hour now. Yeah, but without comedy, does that, does that lead, lead a, uh, any void in your, in your psychology without being able I to perform in front of people? I have comedy. I just wrote a blog for John Fleming, a survival guide. Yeah. I'm going to be on a comedy show tomorrow with Alice. I right. just did the Discovery show. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I do a chatty show with, with, um, with Rob Mayhew. Um, right. I have comedy. I'm busy. I'm, right. I'm, I'm running all the time. And right. so, no, I don't think what I do miss is the skin hunger. What I do miss. I mean, the last time I did uh, Angel, they were doing the elbows instead of the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not the same for me. Where do, you, I, where do you live, Lynn? I can come around and give you a cuddle. Where do you live? I would love that. I would <laughs> love that. Just be careful. I'm telling you, I'm liable to eat you up. I, uh, <laughs> Sanford Hill. Sanford Hill? You live just up the road from me. Where are you? I'm in Hackney. Oh, my God. So you're about five minutes from me, probably. So when this lockdown is eased, and if he says, we can, see, if we, if he says we can see 10 oh, people, we'll you'll, be one, you'll be one of my 10 people, Lynn. I'll get your address, and I'll come around and give oh you a hug. Oh, my God. If they give us the 10 people, and now... I've got this great idea. If you have a 10 people bubble, because I've already had it, so you can't infect me. I, I think I've had it as well. So we're, we're, we're safe. We're safe to hug, I, mean, I yeah, think. But I know I'm not going to get it. I, what is it Peter Graham says? The whole fucking world is going to drop dead and nobody's going to be left except you and Cher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you'll see all the paintings. That's what I do at night. I paint. Yeah, it's beautiful. I've seen some of it oh. online. That's great. I'll come around, have a cuddle, and I want to I wanna see your paintings. Oh, you would love it. My etchings come through. Oh, no, because it really bothers me. I mean, like today, right before I saw you, a little girl named Laura McKinnon, who did oh. a podcast with me, came over. She brought a little dog, and I reached out to pet the dog, and she pulled away. Oh, my God. Said, oh my no, God. I'm not going to give the dog. <laughs> what I'm looking for, Nathan, I'm looking for... A dog and a bathtub. And I am telling you, when I find someone with a dog and a bathtub, I'm marrying them. That's it. I've got a bathtub, but not a dog. So um... oh, you've got to get a dog. That's only half, half there. I've learned not to settle for half. <laughs> God, not allowing you to pat the dog. People are scared. People are, people are being messed up psychologically by this. This is the thing. When you give the government the power to restrict your personal freedom, Oh. it's very hard to get it all back. Yeah. And I would like to send you an article by, I believe his name is Yuval Harari, 
Right. He's very famous. He's an Israeli author uh, who's written a book called 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Mm. And he says that the thing we have to worry about is artificial intelligence and biotechnology because they're taking over free will. And he gives the example of self-driving cars. And mm. self-driving cars are in many ways safer than what, I'll tell you, they're a hell of a lot safer than anything I can drive. I'll tell you that. I mean, <laughs> I'm a murderer. I figure the coronavirus has killed how many people? 30,000 in the, in the UK, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could give me a week on the road in the UK. <laughs> and I will top that number. I will top that number. I will do it. Um, Even now with the road empty. I'm going to get to hug you. Be sure to you pay. Are. I'm gonna I'm gonna cycle over. Um, no, no, I'll bring the car. No. We can have, we can have a little. You can take me for a spin in the car. I need some excitement. I need some adrenaline back in my life. Spin in the car, you'll both be dead. I <laughs> seem to survive. What it is with me driving is I'm never I'm never in an accident, but I cause them. <laughs> you just so see them behind you. Yeah. No, when they try to avoid me, they keep hitting each other. And that's oh, a shame. I'm fine. I've never had an accident. But I don't want to tell you what happens when I get on the road. And of course, in America, I drive on your side of the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's yeah, the problem. You do, you're doing it in this country as well. Um, <laughs> beautiful. Yes. As I said to you before we started recording, I'd love to get you on the main episode. I mean... Goodness, I don't want to repeat here what, we're, what you've talked about in other podcasts, but your, your childhood, your upbringing is so fascinating. You've obviously had such a rich life that you've talked about in TV shows and written in, written in so many books. And yeah, now you've been a comedian for, what, 16 years? Well, the book years? is coming out. Another book is coming out next week, Getting the Last Laugh. But the important thing, the message underneath everything I've told you mm. is that we tend to blame everything but ourselves for our failures and i first place i don't believe in failure but we tend for not accomplishing what we hoped and i am telling you that the only person that you can blame for not getting where you want to be is yourself yeah. that's sad isn't it yeah yeah i mean it's uh, you've talked before about it's harder for women and certainly older women to achieve oh, to work twice as hard to achieve achieve the same success. You have to get around it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the place that wants you. Yeah. And yeah. I found London. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, oh, do, you, do you think that your voice should be heard more? I mean, why, yes. why aren't we hearing yes. your voice more on TV? I would, I, your words on God's lips, not that I believe in God, but at the same time. <laughs> I would love to be on TV. I would love to do a TED Talk. I would love people to know that it isn't money, it isn't place, it isn't that bastard that's your husband or that bitch that was your mother or that jerk that was your daddy or that stinker that was your sister or brother. It's oh. you. It's, oh. it's, it's the whole thing comes down to how you're looking at what you've got. Life is a card game, and I probably said this to you before. I always say it. Life is a card game. You get a hand, you know. Oh. You get cards. But have you, have you talked to people in TV recently? I mean, um, no, I don't know older, people, to talk older to. people are famously 
famously looked over and um, ignored. And it is, a, it is a travesty that your voice, I think, isn't heard more in this well, country, who, really. Who do you know? Who do you know? Because <laughs> I know I, lots of people. People listening to this know lots of people. And people listening to it will be producers. So absolutely, your voice, I think, is one of, uh, one of a few that should be heard more on TV. But do you understand, Nathan, that people feel weak and they feel helpless? And every, and I mean, I'm not like Est when I say you've got power. You have huge power, huge power. But you've got to believe in yourself and you've got to accept that other people have power too. And yep. if they don't want you, that's their right. You've yep. got to find where you're heard and where you're wanted. Yeah. If everybody loved you, you'd be nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, you've got to take a stand. Yeah. I love the way I say that, that I'm going to go curl up in a fetal position and cry when we hang up. But no, I'm not. <laughs> no, don't say that. I'm coming over and giving you a hug tomorrow. I, I can't wait. And we'll have a social <laughs> bubble. And then what I want to do is I want to find everybody's social bubble and I want to hire myself out to do comedy for them. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, let's get a TV producer and um, yeah, let's someone, from, someone from Netflix in that social bubble and get, you, um, get your voice more widely heard because uh, yeah, your, your stories are the type of thing I want to hear more of and um, sure. more of in comedy and more of uh, everywhere on TV and everywhere. So, Lynn, so thank you so much for joining me. What a, what a thrill, what an honour to have you on the 50th episode of uh, Psychomedy Daily Dose. What an honour to be here. What I can, think of, uh, I can think, think of no one better. And when this is all done and dusted, we can get you on a main episode soon and uh, drill down that. further into your very, very rich history and psychology. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Lots of love. Stay well until I see you. And big couples coming over the next bye, few bye. days. <laughs> the amazing Lynn Ruth Miller there what a fantastic person a great comedian check out all her stuff online as well as her books and do check out that podcast it's called Persistent and Nasty and you get a uh, well you dip your toe into the ocean that is Lynn Ruth Miller's uh, incredible uh, background but as I say when this is all done and dusted, we'll get her on the main episode of Psychomedy, and that will be a fascinating one. She's incredible, my goodness, um, to talk to her on VE Day. Someone that remembers VE Day, incredible. I hope you celebrated it nicely and thought about your grandmas or your granddads, and I certainly thought about my grandma and granddads, Emily and George, who, um, well, sacrificed so much in the, uh, in the war and... Uh, puts what some of us are going through in this lockdown into perspective. So thank you again to Lynn. What's a uh, lovely way to mark the 50th Daily Dose episode. Thank you so much for all your incredible support, all your reviews so far. Keep them coming. That is our show for today. Please listen back on all the daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us uh, those reviews. Your positivity is needed more now than ever. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There's mental health tips from our counselling partner at ThreadUp. If you'd like to support the podcast, that's patreon.com slash NathanCastyComedy. I'm Nathan Casty. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay optimistic. Tune back in for more Psychomedy Daily Dose tomorrow.